we like being able to live genuinely and transparently with each other through life. And so we really had to figure out a way to communicate that through our online presence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Fat Cats, where we are helping you stay at the top of your video game during this COVID-19 shutdown. So today's episode, we are diving into what it's like for churches online. So everyone has been affected, and churches and houses of worship are definitely no exception. But video has become so central to the way that a lot of churches have gone online. And for some who have been doing video and streaming online already, the transition has been a lot easier uh, for some, but then for those who haven't done anything online, it's been a bit of a learning curve. But everyone is having to pivot and learn some tips for how to adjust things for an online audience only. In this episode with Chris Jacobson, Mike Jones, and Cameron Davis, we dive into their experiences creating video content at their churches and their experiences being a participant. What people need now is connection to other people. And there are ways of making sure that all of our video content is queued up to do just that. And whether it's making sure that the person who is talking is making eye contact with the camera or simply creating a 10 minute countdown before a service where people can add comments in a platform such as a Facebook watch party, there are ways of making sure that these connections can be fostered and kept alive during this time. But most importantly, make sure that everything you do feels genuine and transparent so that it's an extension of who your church is on a normal Sunday. Without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with my great friends, Cam, Mike, and Chris. We joked that this episode should be called Two Guys, Cam, and Mike. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. So today is a, a fun, fun podcast as we're diving into uh, church online, houses of worship online, because everyone's having to do that. I mean, just look at the news and across the world, you know, whether it was for Easter, uh, you know, things, church services are are closed. And I think this kind of thing hasn't at least been done for uh, at least 100 years since I'm not sure what happened during the pandemic, but no one can remember this unprecedented time. And, and the one thing that is completely different here is the fact that now a lot of things can be happening online and people can now go online. And, and so what, what first might've seemed really odd to people, the idea of taking, you know, regular, you know, religious practices and that happen in person and then transition them online where before it would have been completely unheard of, but now all of a sudden it's the new normal. But I think what's missing is some of those conversations about what are some of the best practices? What do people value and what's going to work? And so I, those are some of the questions I had and I, but didn't know the answers myself. And so I invited three amazing guests to be on, on this podcast and talk about that very topic as they're all experts in their, in their field. Um, so I want to give a chance to introduce themselves. So how about let's start with you, Chris, um, just tell us a little bit about your background and kind of the role that you're do currently doing. I know you're also producing weekly content, uh, at your church. Yes. Uh, my name is Chris Jacobson. Thanks for having me, Wes. Uh, always good to see you guys. Uh, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and I run a small boutique company called 14 Images. Uh, I also produce content uh, for a pastor down in L.A., and as of the last, what, five, six weeks, been producing a weekly service for our church, Meadow Springs Community Church here in Portland. So, yeah, I do a little bit of photo, a little bit of video, a little bit of podcast, so a little bit of everything. And now producing weekly content at, at the church. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. What about uh, you, Mike? 
Yeah, my name is Michael Jones. I live out in Marion, Indiana, and we're in about uh, five or six weeks lockdown. I'm a co-worker with uh, Cameron, who was our next guest, and he and I work for our National Global Campus. Um, but outside of that, of course, we both have church families and church homes as well. Our pastor's been doing live streaming since this started. Um, so there's some interesting aspects of that because he did start out in his home with a kind of a green screen like I have behind me and moved to the church. Um, which has introduced an interesting dynamic as well. Uh, but I do independent productions as well. I do Facebook Live with the school on a weekly basis. We haven't been doing that right now, but also do the Digital to Learn podcast, which is all about technology and education. So those are um, a couple of my multimedia arms. No, great. And I think especially we're in a space where the mixture of like connecting with people and also education has really come into play as you know, a lot of churches, they are trying to educate and connect with people. And so there's all these different tools that we could be using that I'll definitely be loving to explore. Uh, and what about you, uh, Cameron Davis? Uh, yes. Hi, I'm Cameron Davis. Uh, I serve as photographer, videographer, like Mike at Indiana Western University. And so I've just been trying to do everything as best as possible during this time. Uh, lots of editing, lots of freelance projects as well on the side. Um, and has been enjoyable. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a big, uh, big learning curve, but at least the one space is that where people are consuming video. So for people who kind of in the space is sort of a mixed, uh, mixed bag. It's like where live productions aren't happening nearly as much, but you almost have to be able to pivot. And I, I know a lot of people are, are figuring out how to do that, but especially kind of looking at churches, which, you know, going into today uh, for this conversation. So now I'm curious to first, let's look at the mixture of highly produced. So, so I know there's always that dilemma of people now are, are more connecting with, with live content. I was talking recently to someone who was, who attended the, the, the global, it was the, the con the concert trying to working to, to raise money for the, the pandemic. And, and the, some of the people said that was that the productions that seemed less highly produced, they almost connected with a little bit more because it felt more authentic. And so in some ways there's that mixture of content on social media. We tend to like that raw, just personal content. And there's the other spectrum of highly produced content that you would see. What are your thoughts for when it comes to, to churches? And, you know, the, the, the traditional aspect was that bigger churches had been doing highly produced pieces that would go on, whether it's TV and then online. What are you guys seeing and what the people are doing right now um, that's on along that spectrum? Like what, what have you guys connected with the most, whether it's production or even things that you're going to yourself? Um, I mean, I can jump in because we, <clears throat> like I said, we've been producing online content now for five or six weeks, I think. I think this week is the sixth. Um, the first week, we knew we needed to go online just to stay in touch with our own faith community. Um, we were just really at the beginning scrambling to try to figure out how do we how do we stay connected to the same body that we're connected with on Sunday morning? You, you know, what, what do we do? What does it look like? And there's a church in the area who has been doing live stuff and for several years now, and they actually opened their building up to other churches who, who were not set up. They said, Hey, we've got all the video gear, all the audio gear come, we can run it with just a couple of people you know, come record whatever you want and then you can take that content and do what you want with it. And so we did, we did that first week and it was really interesting because the feedback we got 
because our church is a smaller community. I mean, there's maybe 200, 250 people on a, on a Sunday morning, I think, um, maybe closer to 200. But, but the feedback that we got was that it's felt corporate. It felt very produced and, and polished the content that we got from the second location. Um, and what we realized, and this is what we know about our own congregation was that we're, we like being imperfect. We like, we like being able to live genuinely and transparently with each other through life. And so we really had to figure out a way to communicate that through our online presence. And so we moved everything back to our location. Um, and I moved a fair amount of my equipment just down to the church and it lives there now, you know, and so we produce this, but we really try to make sure that what goes online doesn't vary a whole lot from if you did show up on a Sunday morning. Like that's really, really key to us. We want that to have a very similar feeling. And if, because we've already noticed that there are people who join us online who none of us have met in person. And so the goal for us right now is really to make sure that if they show up on Sunday morning, that there's not a disconnect, that that still feels similar. I mean, at least as much as it can. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. So, so for you, you just found that it was helpful to make sure that the presence you were putting online kind of was an authentic reflection of who you are, your church is. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Like offline. Yeah. And, and in fairness, it's, it's a little tricky because I think as creators, we have a different perspective. So like the things that I see and the things that I want to see are very different from what my wife or from, you know, the grandma who sits in the third row expects to see. And so some of this is changing my perspective when we film because I want to make sure that something is comfortable for everybody. And and I, I think we would all agree that what we see as production value may be very different from what somebody who is not a creator sees as production value, you know, and it needs to be, it, it needs to feel not over their head. It needs to feel real and attainable. Um, and, and I think that can be tricky for us because, you know, we see things just, sorry, I'm talking so much, but you guys know me, so that's fine. We, <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the things that we noticed when we were looking at other churches was that the music portion of their services seemed very polished. You know, it was very aesthetic. Um, it was, people were, you know, looking out a window with soft light. Um, and one of the things that I noticed is like, man, I don't feel like I'm part of this. Like this isn't inviting me into something. And so on ours, we had the conversation. And when, when, when I filmed the worship piece, I said, look, I need you guys to look in the camera. Because when you're talking to people and just on Sunday morning, you make eye contact with people. And that's part of what's engaging. That's part of what connects. And I need you to do that same thing when we're online. I don't want you looking out the window. I don't you know, want you doing this because I can't if I can't see your eyes, if I can't connect with your eyes, then I can't connect with you. So our speakers and our musicians, that's, that's kind of the rule that we have right now. One thing I always tell people when I'm recording them and they have a hard time holding their focus, I'll tell them to put a piece of paper with an arrow and I'll do it too. On my live show, I do it. Look here and it points right at the lens. And I explain to them that 
In the real world, you have to find your way around the room and find individuals to connect with. But in video, if you look at that lens, you are staring into the soul of every person watching. You're looking right at them. No, and I think you also brought up a really important point that I wanted to kind of bring up specifically is eye contact because I think you're right. It's not just so much, you know, you could record something in a space and usually if you're recording, let's say in a church setting, the pastor normally is looking all the way around and kind of like rarely looks at a camera when you're filming a live event. But when you transition to online, there's no one sitting out there in the chairs. So don't spend time looking around at the chairs as if you're looking at the invisible person. Actually look at the camera the entire time because you want to have that connection you know, with people. And I'm, and I'm not sure exactly what that would look like, you know, in the singing, but definitely, especially for someone talking and sharing a message, look the entire time at the camera. Yeah. Uh, don't look at the empty chair. They're not, you don't need to connect <laughs> with your empty chair. <laughs> no, it, it's true. What, and what about you, Cam? I saw you kind of noting there in um, some ideas. Do you have any thoughts about that topic of production values and what that looks like? Well, you know, um, piggybacking off of what Chris was talking about, you know, I have the ability, the normally I'm stationed in uh, Indiana. And so I watch my church, that church online. And I watch my home church I grew up in, in Michigan, I see, and that's more traditional. And the church in Fort Wayne is more um, non, non-denominational, but the one in Fort Wayne is more production value. So you can see they pre-record the worship and everything. Um, they actually running out of space. For a while, they were running out of space for the pastor to actually do his sermons. And so it was very organic, well, actually it was very um, light and airy, nice brick wall, gives you the more industrialized look, but the church that we rent space out of every week is not that at all. So it was very interesting kind of seeing that dynamic. And then watching my home church I grew up in in Michigan, which is more, um, more traditional, the pastor was coming to the pulpit, he knew that it was a empty church and he was just preaching. And I was joking to my mom that normally service is about an hour, hour and a half, but we were done in 37 minutes. I was like, wow, I actually kind of like this. But it's, I actually kind of prefer the just organicness of it. It's real, it's transparent. I mean, there we say in the Bible that, you know, God met everyone where they were. So I don't want such a high production value of just different multi-different camera angles. I just want to get the word and feel connected in some sense. And so I'm actually really leaning towards just the organicness of it. And I actually really prefer it. And seeing how you watch the TV, we see how you watch the news, seeing how you watch late night comedy shows, everyone's doing it from their home. But it's actually kind of great because you, you kind of get more of an inside look on what people have. Some people have a little bit more product placement, have different photos and mementos of their family and whatnot, which is great. I mean, shows that, hey, they're a family person and that really drives the conversation for them in their own personal lives. Whereas if it's staged, you really can't get a good gauge into what's going on in their lives. They're just really putting up a a facade for uh, for lack of words um, for the time being. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's super helpful, Cam. And I think I do really like that whole point of making sure it's organic and it feels kind of authentic. In terms of, so I think, I mean, both of you kind of iterated the point was that when it felt overly produced more so than what the church would normally do, it for you who went there, it didn't really seem, uh, you didn't, you had a harder time connecting with it because it's like, this isn't, isn't us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, one last thing, you know, being at home, everyone's more comfortable being in sweatpants or more casual attire. 
And when you watch, you know, your pastor or whoever in their traditional setting in a pulpit and people nowadays are watching things on their phone or on their tablets or whatever, it really just welcomes in the space for it. Where if it's overly produced and you're watching on your phone and you're in sweatpants or whatever, you just kind of feel, at least for me, kind of feel like a little bit of a disconnect a little bit in that sense. Yeah. And Cam, I think you bring up a good point too, because again, as creators of this content, we have to be at least aware of the fact that people are watching on different devices. Yeah. So whether, you know, whether it's a 50 inch TV, whether it's an iPad, a computer, a phone, mm-hmm. you, you know, how do we create content that makes sense on all the platforms too? Right. Because, then, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say in a traditional setting, you know, we have services at nine, 10, 11, 12 or whatever time. Whereas in today's day and age, you can watch content on your phone at 6 p.m. at night if you wanted to, or 9 o'clock at night, whatever time that you were able to do so. Yeah. So that we, as creatives, we have to put on so many hats to kind of figure out, okay, where's a medium and where's a lane that we can stay and kind of drive this vehicle as, as best as possible. Right. I think, oh, go ahead. No, so so I'm curious too. The other question is, obviously it needs to be authentic to the like the people in terms of like they want to be able to connect with it. But when it comes to placement, what are your thoughts on the comfort of it being, hey, it's at a church, it feels comfortable because I'm not there versus, hey, this is actually filmed at the pastor's home and I can connect with them more at their home because I'm at my home too. And so those are some of the things I've been trying to trying to balance with with what that looks like where, hey, this is fun. He's communicating that or she that it's fun to be like, I'm delivering this from my house versus because that's what we're all doing. I don't know. Any thoughts there? Because I think that's, and that's also the biggest jump because it's not at that point, you're no longer most like what people would experience if they were in person, but, it, but it's a bigger jump. Any thoughts there? Mike? I'm curious about Mike's thoughts. Cause you're, you said your pastor yeah, definitely, started man. like at home, right? At first he started doing it with just a sheet behind him, you know, that was kind of clunky and, and he did the green screen, but not, as well lit. So, you know, you'd lose, lose part of his head and his chin would disappear every now and then his shoulder blinking and out, you know, so that I found that to be a little distracting. And then he went to just, you know, just a regular background, which I was like, okay, that's, that's more comfortable. But then like the last two Sundays, he's actually set up himself on the stage of the church and lit it with the microphone. And all of a sudden I found myself going, Oh, that's, I know that background. Oh, I'm comfortable. Oh, I, oh, I just feel like I'm in church now. Yeah, I still had, you know, a thousand faces. And I never, like right now I have it on speaker view so I can see who's speaking. But I always do the gallery view because I want to see, and I turn off those that don't have video streaming because I want to see everybody's faces. And that's coming from an introvert. So I found that having my pastor on our natural church background made me feel comfortable at home, like, hey, I'm at church. Uh, and this is, this, is, this is a place that I love. It's comfortable. I love being there. I like, you know, it's simple decor, but it's, it's, it's a normal that I haven't had for a little while. Um, so, I mean, that's just one perspective. I'd love to hear others. No, I think that's exactly right. Cause we, when we got back to the church after that first week, that was the thing like this felt in all of this, not normalness and the fact that I can't go and see the things that I see every week and kind of have the time that I have places like that felt there was a comfort in, in seeing that. And it was like, Oh no, I'm, 
I'm where I'm supposed to be with the people I'm supposed to be with. And you guys, Mike, you guys were doing it live then? Were you guys doing it through Zoom? No, 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 not our church service. We are now. It's it's being done through Zoom and live. But no, we just would record a DVD right on a regular basis. For, from yeah, but, but so, right now what you're saying yeah. is that it was helpful having the live with the pastor at in the church setting kind of joining yes. in and because because that's the one thing yeah. that i've seen is that it, people do really value is that sense of connection and that sense of just being able to connect and talk to people and and see people and so i think it's unfortunate because some of the i think some of the larger churches can't necessarily do the do things that way in terms of the like obviously everyone joining in but i think there is something in knowing that hey this is live and i'm okay with it not feeling as highly produced if it's live because I, I know i tend to value especially right now i value something if it's live way more than if it's like super pre-recorded but i know chris you guys are going the, the kind of the, the the frame of making it pre-recorded and then play it but it's, but you're doing it a kind of regular basis um yeah you know, what was what was your decision about doing it that way you know versus going live um to be well to be perfectly honest I, none of us trusted anything live. And I was like, yeah, this could get dicey real quick. <laughs> just, just because we have never done it. And I didn't, we, you know, I didn't want the first Fourier into live being this and just watch it go south. So I think there was a little bit of strategy from us because also we, we have had the conversation for a couple of years now to broadcast things and to go live and what that looks like. And, and it became obvious real quick that if we went live and something went wrong, it was going to take the progress we'd made in that conversation and destroy it. And we were going to end up at square one looking down the road. And so we needed, we needed to have, for lack of a better word, we needed to have a little more control of the content to make sure that we could kind of bring people along not only not only from a strategy point you know in ministry down the road but also making sure that people were comfortable and that they got what they need and so we just we just needed to make sure that we pieced that together better you know for the first kind of for the first out of the gate um and it's interesting because we actually like our schedule right now is the musicians and other than Easter, which there were four, there's only been two at a time. So we keep, even, even in our filming scenario, there's only three of us there at a time. Um, and so, so the, our worship pastor will record um, and mix everything Monday and Tuesday. And then I go and shoot and they basically lip sync to those tracks just so we get the timing right. Um, shoot on Wednesday. And then Wednesday to Thursday, I edit all of the music and lyrics and all of the design elements of the screen, put all that together. And then today, like as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go back to the church. I'll shoot one of the pastors. We'll do like an intro and an outro um, to the service. And then the teaching pastor will, will teach and I'll catch that. And then I'll just drop those in to the spaces that I've got in the timeline and we'll push it. We'll, we'll get everything uploaded tonight. And then that gives everybody a break for tomorrow. And then it goes live on Sunday morning. And that's my, 
so my question actually, and I don't remember who brought this up, so I apologize, but with the Zoom, um, because one of the things that I found that I really enjoy, at least because we watch it through Facebook, is kind of that little dialogue that keeps popping up as it goes through, because it feels like Sunday morning. You, you know, the people who talk a lot Sunday morning post a lot on Sunday morning. You know, the people who are quiet are still quiet, you know. <laughs> so oddly, I'm up there a few times. Um, but, uh, but, but it's interesting because with the zoom, because there is that ability to immediately engage, I'm curious if that is, is profitable or if that's a hindrance in that, in that live setting, because people can kind of jump in, you know, or do you just mute everybody and kind of go? Yeah, before we get too far away from the previous topic, Cameron in his opening said he watches a couple different church services. Cameron, mm -hmm. are those pre-recorded? Are they live? And what, what's the experience between the differences? And then, yeah, Chris, I'd love to hear more on that too, but I don't want to bypass that live versus pre-produced. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So my home church in Michigan, they actually do it live. So it's actually funny that you guys say that because there's live and it's only on Facebook. And it's a little bit more older congregation, so... Um, you have to kind of adjust with what they have and what they're accustomed to. So a few weeks back, that's it's my church and a, another church on the same corner. It's an older uh, neighborhood. And so the internet was really spotty that day. So it, like, he would talk and all of a sudden be like, eat, 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 and it would just jump forward a few times. So it was kind of annoying seeing that. And my mom was on the board, on several boards within a church, and she was telling me how the technology um, and that neighborhood is, is really outdated. And so the church can only do with what they have the resources to do with. And then fast forwarding to the church that I attend to in Fort Wayne, it's more produced and it's more pre-recorded, kind of along the lines of what Chris is talking about. And so it's great to see it, um, but the same regard, it just makes it kind of like a disconnect because the pastor actually rented out space like in a a boutique, I don't want to say it's a boutique furniture store, but it's it's not our home base, so it looks different. And what Mike was talking about earlier, it raises your level of comfortability. It, like it's not the setting that you're used to or you're familiar with, and so like your levels of engagement just kind of fluctuate a little bit more. And so when I watch his, when I watch my church in Fort Wayne, which I still love that church. Um, it's just it's different in seeing it. It's great seeing the worship band, great seeing them praising and doing a, a fine job. Um, but then when a pastor comes, it's not his space. And so it makes it harder for me to actually watch it and actually be a little bit more engaged with it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Because on my end, so I go to a, a campus that's actually a video venue campus normally anyways. And mm -hmm. so normally the sermons are recorded Saturday night and then they're pre-recorded and then go out on Sunday. And so, so on my end, especially for, and that like before, I think it was just easier just pre-recording it. And then it's one less thing that can go wrong during live in, in more of that setting. And you can also, um, the worship is live. So you want to be able to have worship and then start whenever you need that without having to like hit it specifically. But then when they, they kept doing it in terms of the pre-recording to going on live, because we weren't seeing people live as much i found that we almost missed having some of that connection to people where they're at and so while yes while you can say hey we're in week this six or whatever of, of this setting and there is something about having it be live and recognize the moment that we are in and having 
the speaking be be in the moment and obviously you have to have good audio as you mentioned mike um, or else everything just kind of falls apart um but i'm almost okay with less production value in live than than in uh, than if it was just pre-recorded so in some ways i feel like you can get away with having things less be polished if it's live and because i'm used to being on my computer and stuff like that uh, if there's a little glitch i mean yes it's annoying but but it's i don't expect everything to be like boom 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 and so in some ways you get less work by doing things live because it's just show up get your setup hit live and then when you're done you hit stop and then boom it's it's like ready <laughs> well we have to be careful too not only as creators but for the people we're filming either musicians or speakers or or whatever because when you're live the, i think there is a mentality and an understanding that look whatever happens happens we're going to keep moving forward and then when people are being filmed and they know they're being filmed and they know that one of us has the ability to edit or to do something there's there's a much more natural hesitant or inclination to stop themselves and go oh you know what that wasn't quite right can i do that again and so it, it, it is a fine line. We've, I've, we are very lucky because I have been the only, I'm trying to think, I've been, if not the only, probably the only video person at our church for over a decade. And so I've, uh, so I've been able to kind of train people a little bit how I want them to be kind of in these scenarios. And so that's, you know, so they have an expectation of me and I have an expectation of them that's already set. I guess train was, a, that sounded bad. I didn't train anybody, but <laughs> you know, but you do, but you have that relationship where, where you know how each other works, you know? And so I've even seen our pastor, our teaching pastor over these, over these five, six weeks, start and stop much more in the first and second week than he does now. I mean, he comes in now like today and it's, it's actually a lot of fun because I get to be there and I get a sermon all to myself. And I mean, he runs top to bottom and doesn't stop and whatever it is, it is. And he's, and he's comfortable with that because again, he wants, he doesn't want this to feel too polished. He wants this to feel genuine and transparent and just like it would on a Sunday morning. And he realizes he makes mistakes. And so it's not a, you know, that's not a deal breaker to flub up a sentence or do something like that. You know, what comes to mind real quickly is that the song, Welcome Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here. And so when people are transparent and are less, less polished, it seems so, I don't know, the song just seems so refreshing to me. You know, hey, my internet's glitchy. Okay, cool. But the spirit is still here, you know? Um, sorry that I'm tongue tied today. Sorry, but you know, the spirit is still here where, where you're producing it. The spirit is there in that moment. And who knows if you can see it 12 hours later when you actually watch it in your own convenient time. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think there's truth in the fact that we can kind of produce the gospel out of the gospel, yeah, yeah. Definitely. you know, and I think, I think that's a huge responsibility on our end to make sure that what we are creating and what we are distributing is true to the purpose. And, and that West to you, I mean, I think that's really where this whole conversation came out of is, are we trying to be the best creator we can be, or are we trying to be, you know, are we really trying to live the great commission? Are we communicating with the tools that we know how to use 
to share to share the good news of the gospel. And we, we, when I worked for you know that little computer company that I worked for for a while, we we had a conversation a couple of us, and we were talking about you know filming and photography. And one of the comments that we said in the conversation was, "Look, my expectation of average is way higher than." you know, Bobby, who's never done this before. My expectation of kind of baseline is completely different from their expectation. And so I have to, I have to manage that on my end because, because I want this, like this, this church service in five weeks has, has become very, very personal to me. And when I see it, you know, when I see it on Sunday morning, I don't want people to go, oh man, Chris did that. That's really beautiful work. What I want is, is when we get to the point where we all get together again on Sunday morning together, physically in a church, I want, I want that transition to be seamless. I want, I want people to feel as seen and as heard and as welcomed and as loved on Sunday morning in our sanctuary as I do on Sunday morning through this, through this media, through this technology. And that, that is tricky. I mean, it really is tricky. And I think you have to, you almost have to sacrifice production value to get to that place. Because when I show up Sunday morning, there is no production value. You know, if I showered or if I stink or if, yeah, you know, we're imperfect, we're flawed, but in a faith community, we have the ability to love each other the same way that we were loved. And to translate that through technology, that is not an easy task. And it, 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 it takes a lot. Um, sorry, now I'm on a soapbox and I'll shut up in a minute, but, <laughs> but it really does take a lot to communicate that and to create that in a way that I think people feel like Cam said, well, like we've all said is genuine, you know, and when somebody, and, and when somebody shows up, yeah. And when somebody shows up on Sunday morning, I want them to feel the same vibe. I want them to feel, you know, the same excitement, you know, that they had when, you know, cause we do a 10 minute countdown and it's hilarious. The, all the little comments, you know, that are being made in that 10 minute countdown about how excited everybody is to be together. And, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you. And, you know, how can we pray for you this week? Or, Hey, you had a birthday this week, or, you know, there's all these little things that happen all before church starts. And how do we maintain that? How do we, how do we, how do we transition that to online and then back offline and maintain it even when we're all together or do we maybe, you know, and that's another question. Like when we all get back together do we maintain these channels or do we kind of let them die or, you know, maybe that's for another podcast, but who knows? No, it sounds good. Well, I, th I think that is a good point because, um, yeah, some of the, I don't think we're all going to also just be able to get back together as like, it's going to be a gradual progression depending on States. And especially, I think it's not going to be a boom. We're back. It's going to be a very long process. Um, no, I know we need to wrap things up here in just a little bit. Um, so any, I would do want to kind of give the opportunity, any closing thoughts. I know for me, it has been really fun just seeing that it seems like most of all, like everyone has to use the tools that, that they know how to use. So whether you live in an area where, yeah, your your bandwidth is very limited, if you don't have 
uh, you know, very good, um, like cameras or anything like that, like that's okay because you can still communicate authentically to what's you and be genuine. And I think no matter what you have to be genuine uh, with what that looks like. And, and I think too, part of it is like if a church has been doing something at a certain level, you know, they don't necessarily have to stop doing kind of those if that's what is them. But at the same time, I think creating some of that space for those genuine interactions, like the zoom call. And we, we need, we definitely need, face-to-face interactions and zoom is a good way of being able to get some of those where it's like just raw authentic the chance to do a Q&A or, or whatever that might look like and people need that and so even if you're not creating that on your Sunday morning experience try to find some other ways to create it so any uh closing thoughts uh we'll start with you Cam um I think that once we gradually um get back to a sense of normalcy it's gonna be a giant party I just think to be a great party. Everyone's going to be very happy to rejoice to see each other. Anyone that was feuding or had bad blood, everyone's like, you know what? We survived this pandemic. We can shake it out. We can hug it out. Great. That's you like right now, but I, I think it's going to be different. I agree with Cameron. I think it's the new normal is going to be different than we've ever seen or understand. The need in the church is going to be huge, not just financially, but emotionally. But I think at the same time, we've got to be smart and do the best that we can do in the search in the situation. But, you know, Cam kind of joke jokingly said in the pre-show, um, hey, check on your extrovert friends because they're suffering, you know, and I'm surrounded by my family. You know, I'm in the house, but I've got other people I can interact with. Um, but I know there's a lot of people that aren't, they're locked by themselves in a place. And that is, that's like, I mean, that's torture in the military. Isolation is torture. So I think we just need to be proactively praying um, for people in general, our neighbors, those without jobs, those that are by themselves, those that have no one to help take care of them. Uh, if, I, if the waves of anxiety are hitting me when I'm surrounded by people that love me and busy, I can't imagine if I had nothing to do, no income, and I was by myself. That's a, a mental, spiritual, emotional load that isn't going to be offloaded when the economy reopens. So I think all we can do to help people to the church is important. And the church is not in a building. We are the church. And that's where I think we need to stay in our mindset is to keep loving on others. Thanks. And you, Chris? Oh, so many thoughts. But uh, no, I, I, I mean, I just agree. I, I really appreciate this conversation. It's good to, you know, my wife is so done with me talking to her. It's, it's amazing to get other voices. So... <laughs> And with that, we have to go. Thank you, Chris. But, you know, I I think like everything we said, we're just we're just in a really weird time. And I think we're all kind of shooting from the hip at this and finding stuff that works. I think like Cam said, between the two churches that he watches on the regular, you you have to be authentic to the community that you're already in. You can I, I don't believe anybody can use this time to create something new. I, which is, which is hard for, for creators. I mean, we, that's, that's all we do all day, 24 hours a day. And so at least for me, it's forcing me to kind of go back and say, no, 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 I, I can't innovate right now. I can't create something. I have to really see things the way that other people see them and other people experience them. And how do I, how do I use what I have to, to create a space for somebody to feel a little bit normal. You know, like Mike said, I'm an extrovert, you know, in our house, 
there's five of us and there's three extroverts and two introverts. So if, if there should ever be a reality show, I'm pretty much thinking that should be it. But everybody is so different in what we need. You know, we, we have to create something that gives people kind of that anchor point and church and faith communities have always been that anchor point. And so how do we, how do we recreate the wheel a little bit? And again, like everybody has said, be true and be genuine and be transparent to the community that we already exist in. We're not, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just trying to make sure you can see the wheel from your side of the car, you know, but I really appreciate this conversation, man. You guys are good for my heart and good for everything else, man. And it's just, it's good to have this conversation with people I trust. So thank you. Thank you, Wes, for putting this together. No, and thanks guys for joining. And so I know ending here, but what we'll do is also try to get, if you guys feel comfortable sharing, um, you can email me the churches that you guys went. So I can have those in the show notes if people want to see some comparisons. Thanks so much for you being on this, the podcast. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. So that wraps up another episode. I hope you enjoyed this uh, particular episode diving into the new experience of going online and how things are changing for everyone right now. If you know of someone who you think would enjoy listening to this episode, please feel free to send it to them as I know a lot of churches are grappling with how to go online and some tips for what that looks like. And also, if you have any experiences you'd like to add to the conversation, just reach out. I would love to hear what you're doing, how things are going. And if you have any tips for other people going online, you can also watch uh, this whole video in its entirety on YouTube. Just go on to on YouTube and search for Wesley Dean. They'll show up. And if you have any questions for either of the guys, please feel free to reach out. I'm sure they'd love to help. <laughs>